following podcast contains profanity. Hi, I'm Steve Kleinedler. And I'm Corey Stamper. And this is Fiat Lex. A podcast about dictionaries by people who write dictionaries. We have a treat for you today. We sure do. Treat, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi, Corey, Steve. I'm Jesse Schadlauer. <laughs> have you ever been referred to as a treat before? Uh, not to my re- recollection, no. Yeah. But it is a treat. Um, yeah. Those of you who know dictionaries know that uh, Jesse Schadlauer has a long and storied past in this industry. We are so excited to have him here. Yeah. Uh, he is a lexicographer. Well, I'll let him do his background and we'll talk about his book, The uh, F Word, and many other things. You bet. So tell us, how did you become a lexicographer? As with almost everyone else, it happened by chance. Uh, (laughs) I was always interested in language, history of the English language. I was interested in dictionaries, but it never occurred to me that one could actually write them or that there was a career or field of this sort. So it was just something that I read a little bit about on the side. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in graduate school at Cambridge, I had made some extremely trivial discovery that I sent into the Oxford English Dictionary because that's what you do. And, uh, <laughs> and after a few months, they wrote back and said, yes, this is a uh, useful, trivial, but useful discovery. Uh, thank you very much. And As I started, most of them are. As right. Most of them are. Well, you know, at the time I thought, oh, I've found an anti-dating. I'm incredibly important. And later I was, uh, years later, I was speaking to John Leiter, historical dictionary of American slang. He's like, oh, I do that 20 times a day. Right. It's, it's a, amazing yeah. how excited people are to get anti-datings. And there's a, there's a huge cottage industry out there, just people who are just jazzed every time they get an anti-dating. Yeah. And Colleen Berry when she annotated Asshat, I think that was part of her signature file for a while. Yes. She was super proud of it. Um, yes. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and there were people, especially at the OED, there were people who would write in over and over saying, well, no, I found this. And, and you said, well, it doesn't actually represent the right sense. And, no, no, it does. And right. uh, and, and in one, at one point, someone was correct. I mean, he had... Uh, um, well, I don't want to identify him, but you know, but, <laughs> but but it was it was an interesting it was a very interesting term. It was something that that if you that people have written about and like, oh, this is a pretty interesting thing and something right. that's a little bit hard to interpret. And he had uh, he wrote to me. I mean, I had some casual connection to him through writerly circles and academic mm-hmm. circles, and said, "Well, I used this term in this article in this journal in 1972. I'll send it to you." And he sent it in. It was like, "This is a little bit weird, but yeah, this is right." So I put it in, and then. Uh, and then the entry came out, and the entry was, this quote wasn't there. And huh. he wrote to me and said, why send you this thing, and where did right. it go? And I said, I don't know, hold on, let me find out. And, and I looked, and it turns out, like, it, it was odd enough that uh, that another editor had said, oh, no, this actually doesn't represent this sense, I'm going to remove it without mentioning it to me. Huh. Uh, so I got the entire article and said, look, I know it reads a little bit odd, but no, this is clearly <laughs> the correct sense, uh, and we need to restore it. So we did restore it, but he was just obsessed with the idea that I'm the first person to use this, and I'm in the OED. And There's I'm a lot of obsession my... out there yeah. when yeah. it comes to words. Yeah. So in case you haven't uh, figured out by now, Jesse worked for the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. Yes. So, um, oh, so, go, going back to that story, do you remember that that first thing that you sent in that antitating? What word it was for? Uh, yes, it it was the word tool, okay, uh, in in the sexual sense, mm-hmm. oh. uh, which uh, 
uh, well, w- which was in a letter from Lord Byron, which had been expurgated in the original edition of the letters. Uh, it had been changed to fool. Of course it was uh, Byron. Of course. So, so yeah. in, in the 50s through 70s, there was a 12-volume edition of Byron's letters uh, in, a, in scholarly standards, you know, unexpurgated. And, right. I, and I was looking through that and I encountered this. Uh, this use. Huh. Um, and uh, in fact, OED didn't have tool as a verb uh, at all at that point, okay. but they had it as a noun. And the earliest example of the noun was from 1832. This letter was from 1819. And I said, well, you know, here this is using, you know, clearly, yeah. uh, absolutely right. Um, and I ended up, I, I also, uh, because I thought it was so important, you know, I, right. I wrote to the editor of that edition of Byron's letters uh, and said, <laughs> well, you know, and he, he was pleased to, you know, right. and yes. he wrote back to me, which at the time, like, oh, my God, an academic wrote back to me. So cool. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but in any case, I ended up doing some uh, freelance work, uh, volunteer work for the OED and then some freelance work okay. for them. And uh, after I got out of, after I dropped out of grad school, I spent a bit of time Woo-hoo! figuring out, yeah, yay, thank say, God. Yeah. Yeah. Common yeah. theme among lexicographers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, you don't want, I mean, certainly at the OED, like, you don't want someone who's been through that much grad school. You want someone who's been through a year or two or three or something. Someone right. who's been through a lot of grad school, they think, well, here's this interesting question I can spend the next four years on. It. It's right. like, no, actually, you have 73 things to do before the end of the day. Right, right, like, right. right. You know, you're done. Right, right. Um, yeah. So you don't want someone who's been through so much grad school that they think that it you know, goes endlessly. Yeah. So this was all before you ended up at Random House, right? I did, yeah. So I spent a bit of time figuring out what to do. And okay, well, I'm going to go into publishing. Mm-hmm. And I got a job at Random House just as a general assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one of the trade divisions there, and I was continuing to do the OED stuff. Okay, and I had made friends with someone who was in the the Random House Dictionary Department because we, you know, there was a Random House, the you know the track thing where you run the you know corporate right. challenge together, and uh, and six months after six months at Random House, that guy left to work at a magazine, and I got his job. There you um, go. There was. Yeah, back in the 90s, the way you could fall into these jobs, uh, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this in previous podcasts, was pretty magical. So Yeah, Mm -hmm. you could fall into them. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Um, And at the time, I got there at the exact right time. So as you know, Uh the the way that the dictionaries have been done for most of the 20, were done for most of the 20th century, Mm -hmm. you would produce a dictionary, you would produce a new edition, sack most of the staff, publish it for 10 years with only minor updates in between, then hire a bunch of people back, work for three years, produce a new edition, you know, lather, rinse, repeat. Right, right. So I got to Random House at the very end of the last time this cycle has ever happened. So I I got there in 1991 and they had sacked the staff. Staff, right. <laughs> um, and they had, you know, a couple of senior people left and uh, one assistant who was my friend mm-hmm. and uh, and they needed someone, whatever, they needed another assistant person. So I got there and uh, uh, and because there was there were very few people left, I got to do a lot of different things and I got a lot right. of responsibility. And uh, the people who were there, for, for example, the people who were there weren't terribly good at doing publicity. Uh, they just like. Right. Their voice, or like, their speech. Most like, well, like most lexicographers, are, right? <laughs> you know, uh, they weren't that good at talking about it. And at right. the time, I was paralytically shy. I mean, the idea of going on a show or talking to anyone, like I couldn't do it at all. And then after the first one, it's like, oh, actually, I know this pretty well. Uh, and you know, they're probably not going to ask me something I can't answer. And it just, you know, and it, it went very well. Right. So, um, so I got there at the exact right time, and. Uh, mm-hmm. And you um, did a lot of publicity in the 90s. Or, I mean, your name got out there because I remember I was just freelancing at the time and I was going to graduate school and I knew this is what I was going to get into. And I'm like, wow, that Jesse Scheidlauer, he, he's like everywhere. I want to be him. <laughs> um, and, and, and you are. And, well, 
I remember I met you in 1999 at the DSNA meeting in Berkeley, and um, you know, you're just you're you're such a regular guy like we all are we're regular people and uh so nice and unassuming and we became friends and i'm yeah. like you know that 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 whole feeling of uh uh covetness i don't know kind of one way uh the are, would you be willing to talk about that uh that book that was that fictional book that was written that was set at random house where there is a thinly veiled version of you in it oh god um. <laughs> It's, well, now you have to talk about it because Steve has set it up for well, you. I mean, we can always cut this from the <laughs> podcast if you don't want to talk about this. But uh, no, it's okay. Um, so when I was at Random House, there was um, the, the reference department was fairly separate from everything else. But you would occasionally you would encounter some other people, and sure. because we were small, and I was interested in publishing and literature in general, I would hang out with some of the uh, some of the trade people. Right. And you know, someone who was an assistant there at the time, who I didn't know very well. Mm -hmm. uh, later wrote a book about it, a Romana Clay about the Random House experience, and it was very, very exact. I mean, there were a lot of recognizable <laughs> people in there. And um, and I had some sense that I was going to be in there, and I, mm -hmm. I, I had run into him at, a, at the MLA conference, and, uh, and he said that I was going to be in there, and I was like, mm. <laughs> um, and, and And the book came out, and I was stunned to see that I had this very oversized role in here where, where my character, you know, the character wow. that was based on me, um, was presented as this, this fantastic per like a good person and everyone loves me. And, you know, I have this, you know, amazing, like, you know, I used to date models and you know, everyone, you know, like everyone thinks I'm great. And I have this happy life and I'm like, oh my God, like, who did he get this from? This is crazy. Um, and, uh, and it, it made me kind of uncomfortable because in fact, I wasn't that close friends with him at the time. Right. I mean, we were friendly, but not, you know, and so, right. so in the book, his character who is presented as a sort as, you know, self, uh, you know, just a you know, terrible guy who undermines himself all the time. Uh, you know, he didn't write himself in that positive way. Right. Um, he he very much looks up to me, uh, which again, like I didn't the, the actual writer. I didn't you know the actual person. I didn't know very well at all. But, right. But the character looks up to me constantly, and we spend a lot of time together. And uh, and everyone at Random House looks up to me like I'm I'm young and terrific. But everyone, even the people who have been there forever, think I'm amazing. And I'm reading this like just this mounting sense of horror. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, and and the next time I ran into him, I was like, so like you're obsessed with me, and this freaks me out. I said, oh God, no, I'm sorry about this. So, so what had happened is. Uh, he had written himself into a corner, like he had written a whole bunch of stuff and then mm -hmm. didn't know where to go. And like his character was in this horrible position and, and realized when he ran into me at MLA that he could make my character more important. And then like, you know, his character right. basically you like I, I left my character left Random House and got this job at some tech startup or whatever. And I brought him along. Oh, uh, his so, character he, so, so you were the deus ex machina. I, I am, and explicitly <laughs> so. And and he rewrote the book. He rewrote my role to you know to allow me to have that character. So uh, in fact, he wasn't obsessing about me the whole time. But uh, um, nice. But it was. Yeah, but it was. It was weird. <laughs> yes, nice. Um. Uh, uh, and in fact, I mean, he's written several other books which are terrific, and he's mm -hmm. a good guy. We're we're much more friendly now. Right. And, uh, but when I first read this, like, yeah. yeah, there's a. So I think. We have all worked with somebody who has uh, left lexicography to write mm -hmm. books about lexicography. And at Merriam-Webster, I was hired with two other people. Um, Emily Arsenault. Emily Arsenault and Mo Davio. Hey, mm -hmm. Emily and Mo. And uh, we all got together at one point right after we were hired. 
We had dinner at Emily's apartment and we were all talking about what we want to do with the rest of our lives. And um, and Emily was like, well, I would like to write. And Mo said, oh, I want to write, too. And I was like, I just want to write dictionaries. <laughs> and we have all since left Merriam-Webster and become authors. But Emily Arsenault wrote a book called The Broken Tea Glass that mm-hmm. is set at the Samuelson Dictionary Company, I think it's called, which is a thinly mm-hmm. veiled Merriam-Webster. Thinly. Very thinly. And we, when I heard about it, you know, kind of went around the office in the way that news goes around a dictionary office, like very quietly and sort of written down so no one's interrupted. (laughs) They were like, I think it's a murder mystery. And I was like, oh, God, I hope I'm the person who dies in chapter one. I was like, oh, please let me be the person who dies in chapter one. And I was not the person that died in chapter one. Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's fine. Another fun anecdote, uh, the the timing, the complete coincidental timing. We spoke several podcasts back uh, when we were talking about the color blue about Steve Martin's uh, essay in The New Yorker called Mm -hmm. uh, Disgruntled Former Lexicographer, which came out coincidentally less than uh, two months after Jesse had left uh, Random House. (laughs) Um, So people were like... Speculating. I mean, it was a, it was a complete coincidence, but that was that must have been an unusual and fun time. It, it was very weird, and it, it it was not only right after I left Random House, but it was about Random House. Like it wasn't right. some yeah. euphemism, you know, fancy right. publisher. You know, like right. it was about Random House, and it was right after I left. And everyone, even people at Random House, like everyone was like, and people at the it was published in the New Yorker. People in the New Yorker were like, "This is about you." I'm like I I don't know. I've never <laughs> met. <and they're>, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. it's I I I, I love I, I Steve Martin's work on that was great, and, oh, but it, the, the timing was yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and in fact, the follow up I don't know if I told you this. Um, I actually ran into Steve Martin uh, socially. Oh wow! Uh, a couple a couple of months ago, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, I like his I like him very much. No, He's, it's you know, just the comment I ran into Steve Martin socially mm-hmm. that I'm laughing at. Continue. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I love his movies. I think he's a great writer. You oh, know, yeah. I, um, and uh, and I didn't want to be that guy. Like, oh, you're so great. But I had to say, like, look, twenty years ago, you wrote this thing for the New Yorker or this lexicographer thing. It's right. complete coincidence. It's yeah. a total coincidence. Right. Had absolutely nothing. How did he to do respond with me. when you? Uh, he was. I mean, he he was amused. He was. Mm-hmm. You know, he was right. pleased by it, and you know, he liked the. And I said, like, every lexicographer loves this piece. They're right. all obsessed with it, and he was right. very pleased to hear that. <laughs> but it was just chance. Like he he yeah. thought, oh, this would be a funny idea you know someone leaves a dictionary and you know torpedoes everything that's gonna be right. great um but you know didn't speak to anyone in lexicography didn't know me didn't know i had just left it was just chance he didn't speak to anyone in lexicography because nope. he did a damn, damn good yep. job that, 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 yeah. that, that observation mm-hmm. about define impossible to define blue without mm-hmm. using the word nanometer right um <laughs> is brilliant um yeah, yeah. well yeah. he's a brilliant guy yeah he is so you left Random House. I left. Well, I left Random House in 1999 because uh, the Oxford English Dictionary had opened up. Well, opened up an editorial office based in America for the first time. Uh, in, in the 1970s, uh, 60s, and 70s, there had been some discussion of the OED having an editorial office based in the Library of Congress. Oh, uh, that it, makes uh, sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is where you know, we have a number of full-time researchers there and right. part-time researchers there as well. Uh, but that that never came to pass. Okay. Uh, but. Uh, but eventually, when they were working on um, starting to work on the you know, revised version, they said, mm-hmm. "We really do need to have someone based in America, you know, to you know, to edit American things and do the American publicity side." Uh, so to edit American things, all <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, those extra Z's. Yeah. Um, how soon after you left Random House did Random House shut down? Um, 
It was pretty soon. Two, two years, I think. Was it even yeah. that? That was like the first uh, a, a, across the industry. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, they can just shutter an entire dictionary company. And that was, I think, the canary in the coal mine. Um, yeah. Well, and mm-hmm. even, I mean, Funk and Wagnalls had closed in the 80s, I right, think, and right. Century in the 70s. Mm-hmm. But those seem to be like tail end peter out like oh yeah. century hasn't really published anything new since the 40s and funk and wagnall's not since the 60s or and- laughing at least yeah the, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh yeah so when 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 random house shut down that was that sent shockwaves and uh and it just the shockwaves continue to reverberate <laughs> right. <laughs> right. so in right. fact if you look at uh, the first edition of the godfather mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh the the back track it says you know published by random house publishers of the random house dictionary really wow. that, that's how prominent it was wow. and, you know because yeah. nowadays like oh dictionaries whatever but like it was a big thing it really right. was we've, we've yeah. talked about this i mean my the first dictionary i remember growing up was uh random house 66 mm-hmm. woo, the, woo. The, yeah. yeah and uh, Corey too and we were talking fondly of that one and uh, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, to, to tell back about growing up, uh, a question I'm interested in. Were you exposed to languages other than English in your childhood? Not really. So my, my parents... Uh, my parents spoke Yiddish. Mm-hmm. And when they were young, they, you know, like, it was... I mean, it wasn't their first language or... But, it, but well, whatever. It was their co-first language. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I have a much older brother and sister, and they grew up with Yiddish. Like, they huh. spoke Yiddish all the time. Um, but by the time I came around, my parents had decided, no, we don't, you know, right. not useful. We don't need it, whatever. So, you know, so as with many, you know, they only... Uh, they would only speak it around me when they didn't want me to know what they were saying. Right. So, <laughs> Similar you know, to our yeah. Right, sure. yeah. check and finish stories. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. So, you know, so my brother and sister still, you know, they have a bit of Yiddish. I don't have any at all. I mean, aside from a couple of, you know, like when they're, I'm, when I'm being yelled at, I know, right. I know <laughs> why, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but, but that's about it. So no, it was, it was just English growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what in the timeline, where does uh, the F word fit in? Talk a little, if you would, about the F word. Introduce what the F word is. Well, the F word is a historical dictionary about the word fuck. Um, and that's basically it. It's, uh, it looks, I mean, OED style, uh, you mm-hmm. know, looks at every, you know, every sense, every part of speech, every phrase, compound, whatever, of mm-hmm. you know, things using fuck and some, you know, some slightly extended things mm-hmm. uh, with quotations ranging from the earliest I could find to you know, something more or less recent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with an introduction talking about the history of the word and you know, a bunch of related things. Yeah. When you did publicity for it, how often did you have to say, no, the for unlawful carnal knowledge thing is completely made up, not true. I mean, how, how long, how often did you have to debunk the uh, fake etymologies? Almost all the time, because right. everyone, like, if they know a story about fuck, that's it, or that, you know, that's one of them. So, of right. course, I would have to say that every time. Right. But, I mean, any time you talk to someone, you have to debunk an acronymic etymology. Posh. Right. Posh. But in, anything. Yeah. I mean, yes. as I say, you know. Tag. That recent thing with tag. tag. Come yeah. on, people. Yeah. Yeah. Stop <laughs> spreading these yeah. stupid memes. <laughs> yeah, but, but I always say to people, any time someone says to you that something is from an acronym, if you say, no, it's not, you'll be right 100% of the time. <laughs> no, it, it's, it, it's, not, it's not that there aren't things that are from acronyms. It's just that no one will come up to you and say, hey, do you know that laser stands for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation? That will never right. happen. If they say it's from an acronym, it's not. Right. doesn't matter if, you know, fuck, posh. You know, tag tip you know, tag cop, cop. yeah you know, uh, any of these things like yeah. they're, they're never from acronyms. this you know, is so. how you set a lexicographer off <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah. my uncle has a passage ticket from yeah, the yeah. california in yeah. the 1910s that has this yeah. stamp on it no no he doesn't <laughs> yeah and if he does 
then send it to us so we can say y'all were right. It, it won't happen. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yes. So that is the F word. Uh, did you have to fight about the title of the book? No, the title was kind of obvious. Yeah. 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 That's good. I was hoping that you wanted to say no. It should be called fuck, and everyone went. Ah, no, we can't put that on a cover. <laughs> no, no, but uh, we were concerned about it. We were. I mean, it, so it originally came out in 1995, and people were huh. concerned. Like, no one will talk about it. We won't be able to get any publicity. It'll be too hard. To, like, you won't be able to say anything because no one will write about it. Right. Everyone wrote about it. Everyone <laughs> talked about it, and it's extremely easy to have into. I mean, everyone knows what you're talking about. You don't have to say the word itself. Yeah. Uh, it's and true. it was never a problem. I remember the late. Late night talk show was it Craig Kilborn? It was mm-hmm. one of those that was trying to prompt you to say it on the thing, and you, you very nicely evaded it, and then it became a talk soup clip. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, talk soup. In God fact, damn. It, it, it did happen once by accident. It involved I, I was on an, uh, an hour long NPR interview. Uh-huh. Uh, oh no! Uh, and it happened then because you know NPR, it's smart and this, and I'm just like yeah. having this conversation, and it just happens, and I, you know, I, I, it, and it was live. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a regional, regional NPR. It wasn't. Uh, okay. It wasn't a national thing. When okay. you're on NPR, do you have NPR voice? Um, I tried. I have a little bit more NPR. I do too. Voice it's, I do. You can't help it. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, I'm mostly aware of how loud I am when I. So when I've done my NPR interviews, I think I'm very loud. And so I go a little bit lower. I go a little softer. And then I'm nothing but vocal fry. Yeah. And you're in that NPR zone. So you dropped the F-bomb on NPR. And and, and I didn't say, oops, I'm so sorry. Because it's live. So for a split second, I was like, what am I going to do? Do I apologize or whatever? No, that'll just call attention to it. Right. So I just kept going. And in fact, someone did notice. And there was like, there was someone, and this was again, like pre-internet days, but there was some notes saying, oops, someone's, you know, said the F word on on, so-and-so's show the other day. (laughs) But it was about a book on the topic. So, I mean, they had to realize. Yeah, no one was like. They didn't put you on seven second delay or anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So why, so why did you want to write the F word? I mean, apart from the fact that it's the word fuck, how could you not want to write about that? Well, exactly. I mean, that's really it. I mean, in fact, uh, the thing about the F word, especially back then, Uh uh, this is something that everyone is deeply interested in and nothing's been written about it. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that scholarly, you're not allowed to do things like this in a scholarly way. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so people who had been working on any kind of history of the language question, like they hadn't worked on slang, they hadn't worked on obscenity because it was not, you know, you had to work on old English sound changes, whatever, like you couldn't do this kind (laughs) of thing. Hey, don't diss old English sound changes. Oh, no, that's what I studied. Uh, But, uh, you know, but I had other interests too. So, so this is, you know, around the time when it started becoming more acceptable to write, you know, to do academic research on, let's say, popular culture in the broad sense, right. where you could do things like this, but no one had done it yet. Okay. The, I, the only thing I can think of is Jim McCauley under a mm-hmm. pseudonym, the little squibs that he would do for sure. CLS yeah. and whatnot, but mm-hmm. then again, they were just, they were squibs. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that was extremely useful research. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But um, so what happened um, f- with the F word, so soon after I got to Random House, I was mm-hmm. uh, made aware of the existence of this tremendous manuscript that was sitting in a drawer, more or less. <laughs> Uh, uh, for, for the dictionary that became the historical dictionary of American slang. Okay, right, right. Um, and uh, I hadn't known about it. Uh, you know, so uh, this is you know multi-volume historical dictionary of American slang by mm-hmm. Jonathan Leiter, who's a brilliant lexicographer. Right. And it had been signed up. So it was Random House. Uh, Stuart Flexner, who had, uh, you know, was the co-editor of Dictionary of American Slang in mm-hmm. 1960 and, and later right. later versions. 
uh, was the editor in chief of Random House. So, uh, so John Leiter had brought it there, and he'd uh, Flexner had signed it up. And mm-hmm. you know, as with all dictionaries, it was supposed to be a one-volume thing, ready in a couple of years, <laughs> and it became this multi-volume <laughs> thing that's still not not finished and all that. Right. <laughs> um, so when I got there, it was more or less like work had been done by some people, but then you know people left and whatever. So it's sitting in a drawer, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought, looked at it, and I thought, like this is the most amazing thing. This is great. Like we have to do this. Right. And because I was young and stupid, I didn't realize that it couldn't be done. <laughs> Uh, so I did it. Right. Um, so you know, we got two volumes out. You know, okay. basically, become, you know, by me not having a social life and staying there till eleven o'clock sure. every night. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, yeah, yeah. Welcome yeah. to lexicography. Yeah. yeah. After wow. we, so, so, we must have spent half of our nineties. Like I, I, I didn't stay late, but I would go in on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. We we we'd spent a lot of time, uncompensated <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we but, did. But I, you know, but yeah. I loved it. I yeah, loved yeah. doing it. Yeah, it was of super interesting. Yeah. Um, so the first volume came out in 1994, and that contained fuck. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in an editorial meeting, and you know, because we did more than just dictionaries, so mm-hmm. we had, yeah. you know, the uh, flexi cover rhyming dictionary right, and the right. you know guides, whatever, like all this stuff, yeah. right? Uh, which wasn't an interest, but. It's something that we had to do. So we're sitting in an editorial, and, and there mm-hmm. were people who specialized in that. Sure. Um, but we're in an editorial, and, and I had thought of the idea long ago. Like everyone cares about, like everyone thinks the word is so interesting. Imagine if we had a book about it. But of course, I'm not going to say this because what a stupid idea! Like we'll all be laughed at. Can never do this. Random House would never be associated. So right. we're in an editorial meeting, and no one has anything to say. Someone presents something that's terrible. So like we're there, and it's like, come on! And once a month, we have these meetings, and we need books. And right. and I said, well, what if we took the you know the F word material from the slang dictionary and published that as a separate thing? It was like, oh my god, that's genius! That's a great idea. <laughs> Uh, I was like, okay, so um, so the first edition was basically just the material taken out of taken out of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and there was a lot wrong with it. I mean, not least that it was only devoted to American slang, so right. we didn't have very good coverage of non-American examples. Right, and also because we had only uh, edited the first volume material from later in the book, so you know, right. you know, rat fucker, or, you know, nuts right. and stuff, or you know, yeah. you know <laughs> motherfucker, even at that point, like hadn't been done. So there was a lot of stuff that had that had to do from scratch right um and also this is mostly pre-internet you know stuff right. so you know there wasn't yeah. you couldn't do the kind of research you would really want to do yeah um but then there were later so there was an edition in 1999 which was very much larger mm-hmm. um and after that i went to um i went to oxford university press to work on the oed so i had access to all of the oed files uh. and you know by you know 10 years later there was an internet and there was google right. books and there was all this stuff so right uh, the third edition, which came out in 2009, was literally twice the size of the second edition. Wow. Um, and had you know, not only many, many antedatings and things, but a lot mm-hmm. of new terms and you know, a lot of uh, non-American things and yeah. uh, and all sorts of great stuff in there. Yeah. Very cool. What was your favorite entry to work on from the F word or your favorite... Yeah, what's I, your favorite I, I thing I mean, from the F word? Well, well, as with any anything, I'm, are I'm we sur- asking yeah, I, I was, each other favorite <laughs> questions? I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised about that because, <laughs> like, I, I, I always say that it, it's you know that you know, dictionary editors hate it when people say what's your favorite oh, yeah, word. But come but, on, yeah, I mean, to, people you know. like yeah, but there's I mean, everyone has an entry that you finish and you are like, God damn, I nailed that, or like I didn't have any idea that a word like this even existed. Hmm. So um, and that's a, yeah, yeah yes um, they're all our children and we right. don't have favorites but what's your favorite yeah um, <laughs> I'm afraid I still don't have an answer in this case I actually don't have an answer okay um, okay that's fair uh, you know not because I won't say it I just you know I, I do like a lot of them um, mm-hmm. you know there's did a lot anything of surprise you um, 
Well, there are a lot of surprising yeah. things. One of the surprising things is just how recent all of the figurative uses are. Mm. So, huh. uh, yeah. you know, the notion is that um, people discuss fuck, that it's, it's a sexual term. But no, it's actually right. not. Like, if, if you look at a corpus and you look at examples of fuck, the overwhelming majority of them are not sexual. They're all, you know, fucking this or fuck up. You know, right. they're, they're not the sexual sense. Was right. Give Zero Fucks around in 2009 when you did that update yet? Um... That fr- I don't believe that phrase. I yeah. mean, it may have existed, but things like that—that that, those broad things yeah. you know, mm-hmm. weren't really yeah. very common. Yeah. This has been Fiatlex Podcast. Join us next time for the rest of this interview. Hit us up on Fiatlex Podcast at Twitter or at Fiatlex Podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.